Hi, my name is Dr. Mark Alandari, and I'm an infectious diseases specialist in New Orleans. Hi, my name is Hope Hickerson, and I'm a health education specialist and reporter. This is the Noise Filter Podcast, where an infectious diseases physician... That's me, and a health education expert... That's me. Talk about what you need to know to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. For more information about Noise Filter, your public health podcast, and to watch and share our incredible informative animations, please visit us at noisefiltershow.com. And if you like what you hear, don't forget to leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to us. So let's get started. Drug use and overdoses in prisons. Drug use and overdoses are becoming a more serious issue in prisons across America, and incarcerated people are dying of overdoses in prison. In the 10 years between 2009 and 2019, deaths from drug overdoses increased fivefold, an increase that dramatically outpaced the national drug overdose rate, which also increased drastically. The concerning data calls into question the efficacy of current practices in place that are meant to help incarcerated folks treat their drug addiction. (laughs) Can you imagine policies in place? Are there even this cruel, this cruel country, you know, for people who are incarcerated? No, no, no. One group of researchers found that only 8% of people arrested are provided the treatment they need for drug dependencies while incarcerated. Many people who are incarcerated turn to drugs as a way to self-medicate for untreated conditions or as a way to put up with the abuse and poor quality of life endured while incarcerated. Some states have seen great success with their programs. California, for example, reported a 60% reduction in overdose deaths in their prisons in the year 2020. State officials attribute this drop in overdose deaths to the then recently introduced substance use treatment programs and medication-assisted therapy programs. Illegal drug use in prisons continues to be a nationwide problem that needs substantial attention to resolve. Hopefully, states that are struggling more than others will follow the lead of states like California that have become trailblazers in this reform and intervention. Again, laugh with me. You know, like, (laughs) can you imagine a state like Louisiana going, oh, let's look to California and see how they're treating. In fact, I live two or three miles away from the number one incarcerator in the world, right? The Orleans Parish uh, Prison, OPP. It's now called the Justice Center. Laugh with me about that name. Right. (laughs) For example, Alabama, which suffers from very high rates of overdose deaths in their straight prisons, has had the conditions of their prisoners called inhumane by the U.S. Department of Justice. Yes, indeed. I mean, I've been listening to uh, and reading stories about how inhumane the conditions are, especially here in the South Hope, of just getting nothing but bagged food three times a day with insects. I think I read something like we make up 5% of the global population, but 35% of the global incarcerated population. So it's clear that most prisons are failing to rehabilitate the people incarcerated in them, but instead they're fostering abuse, violence, and drug dependence. Something greater than simply interventions for drug use needs to be done to change this. But for now, facing the issue of drug use in prisons with proven interventions would be a good start. Yes, it would be a good start. And that would be great. I just, I don't trust that we live in a country that values this. Right.
Teaching is two times more stressful than any other job. And boy, is that the truth. Teaching is an extremely stressful profession. Teachers face an incredibly high rate of burnout fueled by stress from the pandemic, school violence, remote learning, staff shortages, and more. A new study from the RAND Corporation reporting that teachers report work-related stress concerns twice that of the average American worker. It's understandable. Stress from work can have dramatic impacts on a person's physical and mental well-being. We often discuss the impact stress has on our minds and bodies, and we spend copious amounts of time avoiding stress and the symptoms of a stressful life. So what causes so much stress for teachers? From teachers' firsthand experience, working in a school can be stressful enough. Dealing with staff shortages, flip-flopping between remote and in-person learning, playing catch-up from COVID-19-related learning deficits start to pile up. From an outside perspective, some may imagine that the stress comes from students, although poor behavior can indeed be a stressor. It really isn't the students that are stressing teachers out. Harassment and violence in schools can also have a huge source of stress for teachers. One survey reported that 30% of teachers reported being harassed or threatened by a parent or student. The study conducted by the American Psychological Association's Task Force on Violence Against Educators and School Personnel included 15,000 teachers, educators, and school staff. 14% of teachers in this survey reported being the victim of physical violence related to work. Although many of these issues don't have a direct and immediate solution, teachers must focus on prioritizing their own well-being, and school administrators should take concrete steps in promoting the well-being of their staff. The advice to teachers is that it's extremely important to prioritize your time and give yourself much-needed self-care, as well as find ways to relieve stress in order to save yourself from burnout. Yeah. I mean, this is great. I just feel like it's just leaving out a really, really big issue that it keeps occurring in this country. You know, school shootings like that alone would be enough to stress anybody oh, out. 100 percent. Anybody out. Every day you get dressed to go into work, you're wondering. 100 percent. OK. You know, so. I mean, we have to be real about this. You know, yes, there's lots of things that stress teachers out and cause burnout. That's a biggie. Yeah. You know, 100%, 100%, 100%. And now the idea of arming teachers. Can you uh, imagine like... No. Whatever. So many issues that would arise from that. COVID vaccine antibodies in breast milk provide protection in infants. Breast milk is highly nutritious for babies. Based on previous knowledge and research, it has been proven that breast milk provides immunity and antibodies against many infections, such as influenza and respiratory viruses. This is called passive immunity, whereby the baby gets immune protection while they're still developing their own immune system and making their own antibodies. Since the COVID-19 pandemic, scientists researched and have proven that COVID virus does not pass through breast milk, but what about vaccine antibodies? Well, a recent study published in the International Journal of Infectious Diseases investigated antibodies after COVID mRNA vaccination and reported that antibodies were transmitted through breast milk and these antibodies provided prolonged protection for at least six months. In the study, they took samples at various stages before vaccination three weeks after the first dose, three weeks after the second dose, and six months after the second dose. The study was interested in finding the levels of antibodies in the breast milk of vaccinated mothers. 
Antibodies were present in the first two stages of the first and second dose, but declined after six months. However, more long-term antibodies in breast milk showed an increase at all vaccination points and peaked six weeks after the second dose. So protection against COVID can be passed along to a breastfed infant through the mother's previous COVID infection or through vaccination. The research study provides evidence that vaccination may be beneficial when given during lactation as it provides the transfer of antibodies through breast milk to the infant. We'll continue to monitor and report on the ongoing research around this very important topic. Indeed. Thanks for listening to Noise Filter, your public health podcast. Be sure to subscribe to the Noise Filter podcast. Follow us on social media and leave us a review letting us know your favorite part of the show. You can find me, Hope Hickerson, at hopehickerson.com. And you can find me at Dr. Mark Allen Derry or at the Dr. Derry. That's D-R-D-E-R-Y. To see and share our amazing animations and find out more information about us, the show, as well as links to our social media, go to noisefiltershow.com. We are grateful to our sponsors, including Access Health Louisiana and the End the Epidemic Initiative, who are working to bring equitable health outcomes to everyone they serve. Hope, any last words? Stay well out there, folks, and continue taking steps to keep yourself and your loved ones healthy. That includes exercise, a good diet, getting adequate sleep, and seeing your healthcare providers regularly. And protect yourself and others by getting the COVID-19 vaccine and booster, wearing a mask, and social distancing wherever possible. Remember, health is a human right. Right.